0: It's September the 1st, 2015. This is 508, a show about Worcester. I'm Mike Benedetti. Also on the show is Brendan Mellican.
1: Hey, how's it going?
0: I'm okay, Brendan, how are you?
1: Fantastic, thank you for having me on.
0: I'm glad to hear it. Today we're here uh, at the Worcester Common behind Worcester City Hall, and today is our annual How to Vote show, where we will be talking about all the aspects of the election, the city council election, the school committee election, that we haven't talked about so far, the horse race stuff, Strategizing around your own vote. We're also going to get into things that the other people on the mainstream media are not going to get into at this point. Are they going to endorse can? Are they endorsing candidates? Not really. Are they talking about algebra? No, definitely no. We're going to do it. We have the guts to do it right now. The science behind democracy. The science behind democracy. The science behind the science. Um, do you want to talk about voting strategy first, or do you want to talk about uh, endorsements first?
1: We should probably get the endorsements out of the way, because I think for anyone that's watched the show for more than a year, that should be pretty straightforward at this point.
0: All right, so, we have a preliminary election coming up on... Tuesday. Tuesday. The September the 8th. The
1: day after Labor Day.
0: This is a day, it's not a primary. We always want to call it a primary. It's a preliminary. The situation is that we've got, what is it, more than twice as many candidates as there are seats? Yes for the District 2 District City Council race and the City Council at-large race. You know, the Worcester City Council, you've got six people who are at-large city councilors. That means everyone in the city votes for those six seats. And then, depending on where you live in the city, there's one of five districts that you live in. You get to vote for one person to be in that district seat. So the district races are more like you think of a regular race like the president, where there's usually two people running and you vote for who you like the most. The city council at large race, also the school committee race, is what they call plurality at large voting, where you vote six votes. You can't vote for somebody twice, but you vote for six people that you like the most. And then whoever of all the people running gets the most votes, the top six, get elected. And the mayor is a slightly different thing uh but yeah so we got a ton of people running city council at large and a ton of people running in district two this year so we are having a preliminary election to winnow them down to a manageable number to a manageable number and it's kind of interesting because uh i feel like nobody really does any reliable polling in worcester elections so it's always like we sort of wonder how people are doing and then we just find out Election day. You
1: know, one of the things that is interesting about Worcester politics is we actually have some really, really good pollsters that tend to um, function more so on the state uh, level, or if there's contested federal elections locally, and they get paid to t- and tapped on to do that quite a bit. And every once in a while, you will see a poll come up uh, on a local side. There have been a couple done uh, this cycle, but because they don't get a lot of attention and they, they it's, it's it's are they
0: are they are they being done by campaigns or by like. Paid by some other. It's order. usually
1: like a campaign will do will, will pay to have one done uh, yeah. by somebody that, that functions on a local level and has a good sense of, of how to execute a poll with a with a small voting base like Worcester right. has. Um, so these are okay. in,
0: these are internal polls.
1: Kind of, but okay. but, but done in, in, with the same sort of methodology that you would expect an actual sure, pollster, from sure. let's say Suffolk, to do. Uh, and there is some interesting data floating around out there that uh, I don't think it, that would be necessarily surprising to anyone, uh, okay. since these were things that were paid for by campaigns. I don't really want to speak to them, but but so this would be, al- al- be something. This would be something along
0: though. the lines of the incumbents are doing well in the polling.
1: Um, yes, or but not necessarily.
0: Yeah, I mean, that's, oh. there, there's
1: oh. some really interesting stuff. floating You're not going to talk about this. No, no, I'm just going to leave you alone.
0: All right. We should also mention that Brendan is working on Tina Zloty's campaign for City Council at I'm really Large. I'm working on it. I'm functioning as her treasurer. So you are an actual campaign official. Maybe. Who's that? I guess Political so. insider Brendan yeah. Malekin. So just know, just know that. Just know that. It's not like we're going to be unbiased with regards to Tina Zloty anyway. But. Uh. So Brendan, who do you want to endorse City Council at Large? I feel like we should endorse all the challengers. I uh,
1: I tend to agree. I would like to throw in though the, the, just the the one just as an ex- social experiment. I think it would be really fun for folks to write in one incumbent who is not seeking re election. That's Rick Rushton. I think it would be really great if Rick Rushton could figure out a way to could actually pull off an unintentional comeback uh-huh. uh, and get enough write in votes uh, from the 508 viewing audience to actually reclaim the <laughs> at large seat that he doesn't have any interest in holding.
0: I'm not sure that, you know. I don't. I don't have that much enthusiasm for Russian. I don't know how yeah. I feel about making him the 508 riding candidate, but what the heck?
1: But I. I mean, I feel as though you have a, a, enough enthusiasm for a general gamemanship when it comes. To I do like the, the, the lack game of gamemanship. lack of involvement
0: in local elections, and yeah. I mean, let's let's say this. There's a lot of people who watch the show who like you and hate me or vice versa. Sure. I would say if you're one of the many people who watch this show who likes Brendan but hates me, mm-hmm. right in, Rick, right in Rick Rushton, there you go. and that's how we'll find out. Yeah. And we'll, we'll never know how many people like me but hate Brendan, it's like that's, that's okay to not know that. Yeah, probably a uh, lot. So who do we have, who, who do we want to endorse running at large? I got my list here, I think this is a list of how, uh, what order people submitted their uh, their uh, paper with the city. The first on my list is Christian King. Why should people vote for Christian King?
1: Well, because he's not an incumbent, primarily. Um, but no, uh, Christian is, is a solid guy. He made a really good showing in uh, the state rep race that uh, Dan Dunyoo uh, was successful in. Um, I think he's got a great background in the city, uh, both as being a social worker and a relatively young cat who uh, has a, a decent sense of the challenges that the city is facing right now. And I think he's done a really good job articulating those challenges.
0: He's enthusiastic about basketball. Is he enthusiastic about basketball? He is enthusiastic about basketball. He's a former basketball player himself, and he does some sort of program involving kids playing basketball. We haven't interviewed him on this show, so we don't know publicly how much he can bench. I'm going to guess more than average. I'm going to guess more than
1: your average candidate we'll on the very we'll list. Out. I would be interested to see who at their peak could bench press more, Bill Coleman
0: or Christian King. Well, that's the second person on the list to fun. endorse is William S. Coleman III. I want to endorse Bill Coleman because Bill Coleman is awesome. If you ever see Bill Coleman on the show, he is awesome. You know, the way that I feel like with these elections is, you don't need to vote for six of the same person on the on the, on the city council. If you like Kate Toomey, we don't need six Kate Toomeys on the council. One Kate Toomey, and then five other people who are other, bringing other things. I feel like we need a Bill Coleman on the city council. We don't need six Bill Coleman's on the city council. We need one Bill Coleman. Bill Coleman knows a lot. He knows crazy stuff about everything. He's out there in the community all the time, talking to all kinds of people, and he has a huge... Lifetime max bench press of like 320 pounds or something. Yeah, Bo Coleman. There you go. No, no. I just
1: one thing about Bill. I see him a lot downtown when I'm just down to like getting lunch or around here at work and whatnot. He's one of the few people uh, seeking public office uh, that I see talking, going out of his way just to talk to people people that are in, not hunting down voters right because there's a difference right like the, the logic for a lot of people campaigning is trying to differentiate between voters and not voters and not wasting your time for with the people who can't vote or don't vote Bill's just someone you see talking to everybody and i really really dig that it, it i think it means a lot to the city to, uh, when, when you have uh, prospective elected officials who realize they aren't just representing voters they're trying to represent the entire city
0: you know who else you're going to endorse this cycle brendan is linda parham, parham.
1: I'm going to. I would say that the primary reason to endorse Linda Faram right out of the gate uh, is one, uh, she's been very, very active uh, in local politics for, for quite some time now. But the uh, secondary reason would be when she launched her campaign, her Facebook page had this amazing photograph that still makes no sense to me at all. Of like, it was like a river basin being flooded with uh, a seemingly unnatural sunlight and the image just sat there. Didn't say anything, didn't really describe anything, but it kind of blew me away. It was a very profound image. I don't know what it meant
0: or what it relates to, but it was kind of awesome. I was reading up, we had her on the show years and years ago talking about something, I don't remember what it was. I was looking up at her today, I didn't realize she had a Master's of Divinity degree. We need more MDivs on the city council, people. Vote for Linda Parham. How many do we have now? I think none. Oh, really? Maybe Sarai has one, I don't know. Uh, Tina's Lodi's the next one. Brandon, I'm not gonna let you push Tina's Lodi. I'm gonna push Tina's Lodi. Tina, has lived in Worcester forever, has done a million things in Worcester. The number one thing that she's known as the marquee Tina Sodi project has been start on the street, start at the station. This amazing couple times a year arts and culture festival in the city of Worcester brings tens of thousands of people from outside Worcester. We get a lot of festivals in Worcester. These festivals are particularly amazing because they involve bringing in hundreds of small business owners, hundreds of local artists, you know, Dozens and dozens of different kinds of performers, dozens and dozens of food vendors, coordinating all of this, bringing in hundreds of volunteers, coordinating all of this, basically running a small city out of the city of Worcester a couple times a year. It's an amazing thing. We don't have anybody on the city council either who's like super connected to the arts scene. I don't want six arts city councilors, but I want one arts city councilor, Tina Zlody. That's the one. And her sign colors are pretty red. And her sign colors are great. The next one on my list is Juan Gomez. Juan Gomez, former city councilor. I feel like he is basically an incumbent since he was a former city councilor. And, I, I, and we I, could save time and not endorse him if you want.
1: There's an argument to be made there, but I think Juan is, a pretty, at least on the surface, a pretty decent guy. He's always been nice to me, and uh, I believe i told this story before. I was one of the first people that he actually tried pitching his candidacy to the first, very first time he ran for council, but I wasn't old enough to vote then. I did let him go through a spiel with him, pointing him at my parents' house, because those are the people he actually wanted to talk to.
0: Next on the list is Ron O'Clair. Claire. Ron O'Clair, Claire, known as somebody who lives down by where the PIP used to be, down in Maine South, has taken a lot of videos of people dealing drugs, a lot of videos of people stumbling around high in the neighborhood. He's gotten some viral traction on these. I feel like we could use somebody in the city council who understands how to make a viral video. Also somebody in the city council who understands what it's like to live in probably the worst block of the city and the kinds of problems that we complain about opiate use or whatever, all around the city. Everybody will complain about it. This is a guy who when he walks out his street people who are high are like bumping into him as soon as he steps out his door. Vote Rano player. There you go. Uh, next on the list is Carmen Carmona. We had Carmen on this show. Carmen I feels like brings in a tremendous energy and it was really interesting to hear her ideas for the city especially because she was thinking outside the box sometimes. Talking about how can we use the Green Hill Golf Course to build stronger families in the city of Worcester. Talking about you know, should we have a better strategy for malls and shopping in the city of Worcester? Carmen Carmona, a strong candidate. I'm going to endorse her. I'm with you. You're with me. Next on the list is Phil Palmieri, who is currently the District 2 incumbent, and he is not going to run for district he's running for at-large. Again, an incumbent... Do you want to endorse Phil, or we can skip him because no, he's a big thing. in a I think it's fair
1: to actually, you know, give him a solid, it change, I mean, you know, it, it's like just changing uh, speed from going from Congress to running for Senate or something, right? Like, you're still kind of starting from scratch. Phil has put in an, an immense amount of effort on the west side of the city where... He clearly has a lot of name recognition, but might not carry some of the negatives that he carries in the east side of the city. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think he's clear, he's gone out of his way to really try and reintroduce himself to the city. Whether or not the, that messaging sticks will obviously tell, but I think there, there's some value in, in having somebody that's gone from a district councillor to an at-large counselor.
0: I wanna endorse Phil too, just to show you, I'm not gonna back down from your challenge. There is nobody that we've been meaner to on this showdown through the years than Phil Palmieri. The second, second person is probably a distant second to Phil Palmieri. And yet, Phil has always been nice to me. Super nice. I always like talking to him. Yeah. It's always great to talk to him. I look forward to it when I run into him at the bean counter or whatever. Yeah. And he cares about the city. He knows all about local politics. It's kind
1: of a beautiful thing when you realize that you can simultaneously disagree with somebody about just about everything, but really appreciate their dedication and love for the city as well. I love
0: that so much. I love. It. That's how I feel about Gary Rosen, too. We're not going to endorse him, but I feel the same way about Gary yeah. Rosen. Disagree with him about everything. Love the man to death uh... george a fox the third is also on the ballot i do you want to? Endure, i got some ideas on george and george fox
1: endorse george fox i so really know nothing about him somebody other some articles from 1999
0: the, the 1999 article really opened my eyes that george had been arrested a, a, a lot of times on what he felt were somebody uh, basically being vindict- vindictive to him. But this is somebody who knows a lot about the dark side of the legal system mm-hmm. in Worcester, or maybe the wrong side of the legal system in Worcester. We could use somebody who's had a lot of, like, criminal legal issues on the city council. We bring up a valid point. Maybe instead of actually having
1: a citizen review board, which seems to be something that's been talked about this year, we just need somebody an elected official who has a relatively significant history of law enforcement interactions.
0: Yeah, and I'm not going to say these are... I don't. To my knowledge, these are not serious crimes. This is just a lot of, like crazy back and forth. And hearsay, which is kind of the whole point. Also, at least in 1999, he was excited about building a monorail in Worcester. Love the
1: idea of building a monorail. I think that would go perfectly with my zipline system.
0: Next on the list is Matt Wally. Matt Wally, we also had on the show this summer. You want to endorse Matt?
1: Yeah. And, you know, taking a step back from being silly for a second, I don't think there's anybody running for uh, city council this time around that has a better grasp of the needs of housing policy in the city. The conversation that we had with him on the show, I I think, was... level above where everybody else was in terms of really getting into the weeds on uh, at least the, the need to have a conversation regarding housing policy yeah. and simultaneously I think his economic development ideas were, were, were spot on. I you know, I have some disagreements in terms of, like we discussed on that show, whether or not our focus should be on small uh, local economy of scale or uh, a high level uh, outside form of economic development uh, but I think there's room for both conversations
0: on the council and I think he brings some value to the table in that regard. Also the man can like bench like 280 pounds or something at his max bench you and i both hosts of this show combined That's amazing That's yeah. amazing next on the list is robert Sargent. we didn't have him on the show do you want to you want to endorse him i can also you know, endorse him
1: I, yeah I've, I've only met rob a few times uh it seems like a really genuine guy again who cares deeply about the city comes from a family who is, I mean, every member of his family has dedicated themselves to public service in in some degree. Uh, As a teacher, I think he brings something, again, to the conversation we've been having with uh, candidates as what the role of city councilors should be in overseeing the schools. That kind of changes the equation a little bit when you have somebody who is on the city council who actually has classroom experience and doesn't necessarily need to change the, the, the way the rules and the charter are set up, but can just speak to that experience yeah. intimately.
0: And we have some retired ca- teachers on the council, but but nobody who's, is he gonna, would he have to retire if he was on the city council? I believe so. They don't, okay. Don't, yeah, don't hold me to that one though. All right. Maybe not. I think it just it might just impact your fundraising ability. Okay, okay. So that's, so that's the city council at large. So who you need to vote for is, you're only going to get six votes, but vote for your favorite six of these Christian King, William S. Coleman III, Linda Parham, Fire Tina Zlody, Juan Gomez, Ron O'Clair, Carmen Carmona, Phil Palmieri, George Fox III, Matt Wally, and uh, Robert Sargent. And then in District 2, we got four people. We do. I don't know that I want to spend a lot of time with them, but we could do a quick uh, Jonathan Cortez. We had him on the show. Great guy. Great guy, great guy. Huge bench also, another dude who can bench well, well over 200 oh, pounds, on. even Only today. Off, off a very passionate guy, a guy who ran an almost successful campaign for district council two years ago, and mm-hmm. has been super active in the district since then. So yep. basically like a shadow district counselor, somebody who's ready to just step in mm-hmm. at the moment he's called. Also in district two, Larry Shetler. Larry Shetler, far as I can tell, no, no internet presence, no presence that's reached out to me. A man of mystery.
1: The only thing I know about Larry is that he had some comments in one of the the mainstream publications in the city uh, regarding, I think it was the, the Telegram, regarding his positions on economic development. Mm-hmm. And it was rather stunning uh, to see somebody speaking uh, about the ideas that he had in terms of economic development. It was, mm-hmm. it was really the sort of language that you just don't see in Worcester. I would love to meet the guy at some point in time, successful or not, because he seems, again, to care deeply about the city and just have some spectacular ideas about moving the city forward from an economic
0: perspective. One thing I don't do often enough when I'm voting for in an election is voting for people I know nothing about. We need to have somebody in the city council who's going to surprise me. I, or I need to have somebody. You need to have somebody in the city council who will surprise you. Y'all got any crack? That's why you should vote for Larry Shetler. All right. Next on the list is Anna Sequera. Who is running from District Two? We
1: had her, yeah. her on the show. Uh, she also had some incredible. The answer is no, we don't have any crack. I don't know why they ran away. They didn't even wait until right, somebody right. Had to answer them. Um, but they could have just I feel like over there. there's a lot
0: of drugs you could buy out here. Crack seems to me. One of one of your less available drugs, but I it's don't a know. a little
1: passé, yeah. I mean, get with the time, kids. Uh, well, anyway, I don't want
0: to judge him for that. Um, and, if, and it's a care
1: Anna had. Uh, the thing that that really struck me when we had her on the show was uh, her focus on tourism for the city. Yes. Uh, again, from an economic development perspective, uh, that's one of those areas I don't think we think about often enough in Worcester, and we don't give ourselves enough credit for. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, tourism is one of the uh, primary uh, revenue drivers for the Commonwealth. Uh, and there is no reason why Worcester shouldn't be a key component of that. It shouldn't just be the Cape Boston and the Berkshires that are, are making up the lion's share of, uh, of, of that revenue stream.
0: I tell you, I was totally stunned whenever she brought up, like, Worcester needs more tourism on this show. But since then, I've been seeing reference to this. Is- References to this everywhere. Yeah. So I think this is just something I've overlooked that tourism is actually a big part of what's going well, no, on in Central it, Massachusetts. And it is something that I think a lot
1: of people on a very high level are talking about in Worcester. I'm not discounting that at all. I mean the chamber is clearly very focused oh, they are. On, on tourism. It's just not been in my head. No, and I think that's that's kind of what I mean is that I think for the average person we don't do ourselves we do ourselves a disservice in that we don't give uh, the, the, the draws the potential draws to Worcester enough credit. Oftentimes we focus on our negatives. We almost sell our negatives to the outside world instead of focusing on our draws.
0: The last person running for District 2 is Candy Miro Carlson. Do You want to endorse Candy? Yeah, I've known Candy for a really long time.
1: I've worked with her uh, and her husband, uh, Joe Carlson, uh, a significant amount through years in politics. Love Candy. I think she'd be great for the district. She, she knows the district well. She knows the people in the district well. She's been nearly, if not uh, completely, a lifelong resident of the district. You know, I mean, that, that's one where, yeah, I think you've got some really interesting ideas over there. Uh, Candy would probably win a po- popularity contest. I don't consider that to be a knock against her, though, because again, she's been operating uh, on a very high level in politics—Worcester, uh, state, federal level—and I think
0: there is some value there. So there we go. So that you—you you can only probably, I guess, vote for one person in District Two race, two people on that ballot. I guess one. You have one vote in that race. Yeah. There's four people. Roll the dice, or just pick Larry Shetler, which is like rolling the dice. Go yeah. for it, people. That's what I say. So that's our endorsements from 508, Worcester's Libertarian Voice. If you trust our judgment, vote that way. If, if you yeah. don't trust, trust our
1: judgment though, I think one of the things to keep in mind is, um, so is the way that people vote in Worcester, right? So you get to select how many, six at-large you get to, candidates? Yeah,
0: let's just, if we focus on at-large, you get six
1: votes. So six votes, right? Uh, you so you can't. Is, there's more than six we just named off, right? So you got to cut some of these loose, right? And chances are good that not everybody uh, watching the show is going to take 100 percent of our advice and only endorse incumbents or non-incumbents. The thing to keep in mind is that you don't actually have to vote for six people, right? You can do what's called bulleting a, a ballot, right? And that's actually a really important strategy when you in a system like Worcester has, where we run non-partisan elections, where uh, it's very difficult, if not impossible, to organize slates and really convince voters to vote for this group of people as essentially one vote. We don't really do that in Worcester. And what's funny is if you look at historical voter turnout tallies, what you oftentimes see are these handful of people, we won't name them, that end up getting astronomical levels of votes. But then you you talk around and you ask around and people really can never figure out, like, how does this person get to be so popular? Why do they get so many votes? Well really all that comes down to is those people tend to be everybody's last vote, right? Like, so people look over that list, they say, I really care about this person, love this person, this came to my door, this person represents everything I believe in, this person just has a great smile. And then there's this last vote, you don't really know what to do with, so people scan the list and they look for the, the, the name that they recognize and they tick that off. Those people would end up with the highest tally of votes often oftentimes end up being everybody's last vote. You're not really doing yourself or anybody else a service if you're trying to make a statement, especially in a year like this where you have a lot of options, if you're trying to just fill out six potential votes. Vote for one person. Vote for two people. Vote for three, vote for five people. Don't vote for six people unless you really, really care about all of those six people, because at the end of the day, the incumbents are the ones that are going to get the the lion's share of votes, and the math is in their favor uh, because they have the name recognition. If you don't really care about an incumbent, don't make them your sixth vote.
0: All right, well, I'm going to directly contradict what Brendan just said now, because I've been reading up about game theory. Game theory is a branch of mathematics, Mm -hmm. uh, and I've been especially reading up about what game theory says about elections and what it says about an election like this city council at-large election. They call it a plurality at-large voting. you got six seats, you got a ton of candidates, you got six ballots per person. Whatever candidates get the most votes, those six people get get in. I wrote this article. I'm going to I'm going to just read from this article in part, just to give you a sense of what's uh, what what the what the strategies that uh, mathematically would be here. Um, if there's candidates you like, but you're not sure what kind of chance they have, you don't really know the lay of the land. Don't worry about strategy. Just vote for who you like. Vote for vote for the candidates that you like. If you don't know much about the election but someone you trust wants you to join a larger group in voting for a slate of candidates, you should do it. It's called block voting. It's a great way to win elections. All the literature about voting strategy and uh, uh, game theory says that block voting is a great way to win elections. And the thing is, even if you don't know anything about these candidates, the fact that somebody who asked who you respect asked you to vote for them means that probably you would like these candidates. And that probably, this person is asking a ton of other people, so there's actually a chance of, of yes. the person getting in. And that's a good combination. You liking someone and them having a chance, it's a good, that's a good combination. Um, if you know something about the mood of the electorate and the candidates and you wanna make up your own mind, if you wanna be uh, a maverick here, you can use something called the Meyerson-Weber strategy, which puts the decision in mathematical terms. Now what you're gonna do is you're gonna calculate what you call a prospective rating for each candidate. You're basically gonna give them a number. And the six candidates that you have given the highest six numbers to are the six people that you're going to vote for. So what you do is you take a candidate and to find out the rating for candidate A, you say, how much more do I like this candidate than candidate B? Or less. You give them a negative number. Then you say, how likely are these two to tie? That's the interesting number that they bring up is it's, it's about the percentage of, of them tying. And obviously the percentage chance of two people tying is very low. Um, But you multiply those together. They call that the pivot probability. So you multiply candidate A, how much do I like them more, take that number, multiply that by the percentage chance that they are to tie. Then you go to candidate A, candidate C, candidate A, candidate D. You make all those comparisons, you take all those combinations of multiplying those two numbers together for each pair, you add all that up, and that's A's score. Then you've got to do that for all the other combinations. But what you get then is a number which basically represents a combination of how much more do I like this candidate than all the other candidates and what, do I, what kind of chance do I think they actually have. So if you like someone a huge huge amount and they don't have a great chance then maybe you would want to vote for them. But honestly you really better like them way way more than other people otherwise you're probably more likely to to, to do better voting for people who you don't like that much but you do like but who also have a great chance of winning this is all in terms of maximizing your own expected satisfaction with the outcome sometimes you might want to send a message this doesn't address sending a message where you might say i'm only going to vote for one person because only larry shetler is good all the other ones are so bad i'm only going to vote for one person and leave all my other ones blank i'm going to send a message I am I am into sending a message, partially because I have a cable access show, so people know what the messages I'm sending because I am saying it to people. And people who are in politics in Worcester watch the show. I feel like the average person, nobody nobody's going to know what that means that you only voted one vote. Right. So something something to think twice about. Just because you and and, and I've been talking to mathematicians about whether this is true. And I think it is. Like you have like six you know you have like six opportunities to get your preference into the mix here. If you're going to leave one blank, you're only doing five sixths of your influence. Sure. So like absolutely, but you also have to remember too that this is
1: a preliminary. So what we're trying to do is is strengthen the odds that people that you actually want to see contest in the general make mm-hmm. it through the preliminary. So th- this the math I think is a little bit different than a general election with a higher turnout, uh, which right. still ends up being low in Worcester, and where the um, the, the the stakes are a little bit higher but you can't even get to that point unless you make it through the preliminary. And the best way to do that is to bullet people. Mm. And I don't necessarily disagree with anything that you just said, but all I could think of while you were explaining that math, which seems perfect, I I, I see no flaws with it whatsoever, is that throughout the years, you and I have discussed a lot Mm. of things that either you're really passionate about, I'm really passionate about, but both of us could probably agree. They put a lot of people to sleep, and that's probably why uh, Cable Access puts us on uh, late night, is to help mm-hmm. the insomniacs of Worcester. I actually had a hard time staying awake while you were explaining that to me, and I don't mean that to be insulting at all, but the, the reality is that the, Worcester, the, the, the the pool of potential <laughs> candidates in Worcester, in conjunction with the, the limited pool of voters, there isn't a lot of room to play here. And if you, if, you, if you like the city council the way it is now, you know what to do. You know who those names are and who you should be supporting. If you think it's time to actually mix things up a little bit pick somebody that isn't currently a counselor bullet them and then go home because what you asked for is, is a lot of thought it involved a lot of like you know you can really think this through and i think when it comes to voting that's the part that you're doing wrong is that you're actually asking people and expecting people to be putting a lot of thought into this after spending you know half hour 45 minutes in the morning probably in the rain, waiting to get into a room just to go hang out with a bunch of people that you only see every other year to do your civic duty and vote, wondering to yourself why everybody else is already at work, warm, drinking coffee and whatnot. The last thing that you're going to do is pull out your cheat sheet of all of your math to get through uh, the the six potential votes. Save yourself the trouble of six potential votes. Vote for one person that you really care passionately about.
0: I got got two things to point out. One is that I'm once again representing the Hoffman for President shirt today. If you feel like you need to do a write-in to be snarky, Rick Rushton is an option. Yeah. I'm not going to endorse Abby Hoffman. I'm just going to say Abby Hoffman would be a hilarious write-in and very appropriate as a Worcester native. Yeah. So, and actually, it would be fun to have Abby Hoffman on the city council if he wasn't dead. Second of all, we're, I was just talking about the chances of two people tying is pretty low. In Worcester elections, it's actually not that low. There are a lot of elections in the city which are which are separated by
1: handful of votes a handful of votes 20 I mean, votes 100 votes especially this year right i mean with this many candidates this late of a labor day in an election right after labor day there's a very good possibility people are going to wake up tuesday morning having just come back from vacation pick up the telegram be told in the masthead of the telegram or on facebook that it's election day and that's going to be the first that they've given any thought to the election cycle There are other people that get really into the weeds in this stuff, get really excited about campaign seasons as soon as they kick off, and we've been talking about this stuff as people were handing in their papers back in the spring. Not everybody thinks that way. and There's nothing wrong with that because people have lives and there are more important things to think about, oftentimes, than who you're gonna vote for months down the road this has been like a really sleeper sort of cycle and it, that's again where it gets dangerous for newcomers especially in a year where it seems like there's a lot of uh call for newcomers
0: well i want to say i've been looking a lot at these numbers and trying and different mathematical examples of what is the chance that there would actually be a tie in a statewide race in a state with 30 million people or whatever i think in the city of worcester my gut is telling me the chance of there being a tie is something like one out of a hundred elections, or maybe one out of a thousand elections, or one out of ten thousand elections—that's still way better than playing the lottery. May, so, better,
1: may as well be this one. Yeah.
0: And what you would win is you would win your choice of a city council candidate right. for the time it takes to go down and vote, and you have a better chance than winning a lottery ticket. I say you should do it. Right, well, Brendan, what do you think is the most interesting aspect of the election this year?
1: The most interesting aspect of yes. the election? Uh, well, actually, I think it's been how. the